Previously on Quantum Kickflip. Maeve, Helix, Walt, and Trev 4. You are, of course, aboard the Multiversal Odyssey. Tarment has just stated that in order for the Arborists to consider establishing a temple in Kindred Tower, Kindred needs to demonstrate humility. We're proposing a little competition. If you win, then Kindred demonstrates humility by their best slug-blasting crew getting beaten by you. And when we win, you need to state that we are the best slug-blasting crew in all of Operablum. And you want me to give you information? In the spirit of uh, collaboration, the memories that you used to have are like still coming back to you in mm. like fits and fragments. Yeah. You have this image of you walking down a hallway to do something that you know is going to have very, very serious ramifications. And you see these shimmer people and you see these reality cannons and you see them leveled at you, but you are on a mission. You are going to fix the injustice that has been inflicted upon your friend. You have those coordinates that you can pass on to Jericho Zebulak. And you see Whitney making her way towards the center, making her way towards you with just this look in her eyes of, it's almost a kind of what do you do? I've rolled a three, but I would like to use my skill. You spend hours and hours practicing arborism to upgrade a one to three result into a four to five. That would make it a mixed success, which would mark both tracks. You're happy? Uh, and Walt glances back at the rest of Goldstar Disaster and says, yeah. We're going to miss you. And we've always got your back. And with that, a new chapter begins. And the beginning of this chapter takes the form of downtime aboard the Multiversal Odyssey. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Quantum Kickflip. My name is Lena. I am your host and your slugmaster. And with me are some of my best and funniest friends in the whole world. And they're going to introduce themselves to you now. Players, as you introduce yourselves to me, I want to know, what is your, the player's, ideal vacation? Hi, my name is Michael Vetch, and I'm here playing Walton Wick, the chill playbook with the robotic companion. Uh, and I love a road trip. You know, it, it doesn't matter where the destination is, so long as you got you got the right tunes or podcasts playing, you got some good people, people who are on their job for snack duty. Yes, you know, it, it's a great time. You get enjoyment out of both the travel and when you get there. A road trip. Hi, I'm Liam. I play Helix Pinnacle, the smarts playbook with the hard light board. And I think because you said vacation, uh, I always like to make the distinction between a trip and a vacation. Backpacking around Europe, going to see all the sites in, in London and France, that's a trip. Going to an all-inclusive resort, that's a vacation. Hmm. Uh, and I, I turned my nose up at all uh, those kind of like all-inclusive things when I was younger. Because I was like, no, why, would you, why wouldn't you go see the world? And then I did get to go to Cuba to an all-inclusive. And it's like, oh. You get to live like a little king. <laughs> you do. You have no responsibilities. All your worries are cared for by someone else. Food, clothing, lodging. You just get to like live in paradise. Uh, and so I, I think I'm going to be that guy when I'm retired. The like Mexico twice a year kind of like, yeah. vibes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all inclusives. Uh, they're they're cringe but comfortable. <laughs> 
Uh, my name's Dave. I play Trev Four, the Heart Playbook, and I think for me, uh, a vacation I always wanted to go to is like uh, some of the world's oldest cities and just like spend some time there, whether it's like London or Beijing or Mumbai or, or whatever, like th these places with like a lot of history and uh, just walk around and look around. That's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. have enough money. I could just look at things. Just, just to look at things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Window shop my vacation. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robin. I play Maybelline Zandros, the grit playbook with the photonic jacket. Um, and I think my ideal vacation, uh, at least lately, has been, um, um, you know, once or twice a year, we managed to go down and visit my parents uh, and spend some time with my family. Uh, that's my ideal vacation. Number one, first and foremost, got to make this very clear because I love them and I love spending time with them and that's great. But a close second <laughs> is that they, uh, for my entire life, have lived places where like, you know, it's an eight hour drive from here. And also they usually have like spotty cell reception and internet. Uh, so it means that like, I, even if I want to do work, uh, and like get caught up on like <laughs> podcast editing or graphic design or any of the million projects I do. I like physically can't do it and I am forced to relax and spend quality family time. Uh, and that is the only way that I will actually do that is if I'm physically incapable of working on things. <laughs> I need to uh, acknowledge the dual reality of that's insane <laughs> and a hundred percent true about you. <laughs> Come with me to an all-inclusive. You literally there you go. Yeah. This is my version of living like a little king. It's just not having to edit this goddamn podcast for one week. Ah! <laughs> uh, and as I mentioned, my name is Lena. I am your host and your slugmaster. And when I think of uh, ideal vacation, I honestly think of uh, my honeymoon because we went to Italy, not to like Rome or Venice or anything like that, but to like tiny little town, a tiny little place. And we got to just like exist there and like walk around and eat nice food and drink nice drinks uh, is very much my ideal vacation. Boom. Genuine answer. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of vacations... Gold Star Disaster really has not had one, so let's see if we can rectify it while you're on the coolest cruise ship ever. Let's play some Slug Blaster. The Multiversal Odyssey turns and lowers, beginning its gradual return to the three towers of Operablum. An announcement rings out throughout all the halls and chambers of the Multiversal Odyssey. The final two hours of this voyage will be a closing party with closing ceremonies and a very special announcement on behalf of the Board of Kindred Multiversal the Council of Lansden Enterprise, and Web Corporation. But the closing ceremonies are not for a while yet, and Gold Star Disaster, you still have some time to relax, with nobody chasing you down to engage in diplomacy or fetch anything for them. It's time for some downtime. Gold Star Disaster. You break off from the wicks, waving them a farewell as they disappear to some other part of the ship. 
As you make your way through the multiversal odyssey, deciding what to do next, you realize that you are all hungry. And where would you decide to go? Well, there's over 20 restaurants on the Odyssey. How can you possibly keep track of where they are and what they offer? So you go to the one that some of you have seen already. The Golden Spoon at the base of the Observation Tower. This place is a candle and chandelier lit. Candelier lit. Candelier lit. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> you, you get it. You get it. Um, there is like... Everything is like plush and velvety, and every hard surface is like marbled with gold filigree. Everyone's in just like the most immaculate uniforms. Um, and when you do end up ordering your food, whatever it is you decide to order, um, the the portions are uh, smaller than you might want them to be, quite a bit smaller. Um, very elaborately plated, and it tastes so good. <laughs> and even though they look really small, they they fill you up so much. They do. You only need one. I think the first time this restaurant was mentioned, you you talked about there being an orb quartet. Yes. Um, playing <laughs> playing the finest in uh, uh, operable and baroque. <laughs> yeah. 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 You got it. Yeah. 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 So in the quartet, they've got one soprano orb, two tenor orbs, and a big bass orb. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think that there's also uh, any plants that would be like hanging from the roof or whatever are not actually plants. It's just like golden like vines and leaves and everything like that. But the truth is they are plants. <gasps> Living gold. <laughs> Helix goes up to the orb quartet, uh, asks if they take requests, uh, and hearing that they do, he proceeds to list off a bunch of skate punk from Null uh, <laughs> that, he, that he heard on the Fust mix, uh, that, like the soundtrack Fust puts out, uh, and, and the, these orbs just sort of look at him like, what? Do you, what? No, yeah. we don't know Mill and Colin. They move on. They're very confused, and then maybe you play an excerpt of one of the songs for them, and they all kind of look at each other and shrug, and then they play something that's still very, like, soothing, atmospheric uh, orb music, but it is still somehow exactly the song that you played for Oh, them. yeah, so it's, I, I want a I wanna classical Baroque version of Goldfinger's Superman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do it, and they do a very good job. Sick. He, that's Helix saying it's sick. <laughs> it's so grudge. Walt heads up to, to the host stand and he uh, speaks to the robot that is working there. Of course, uh, this is M8RD, uh, the, <laughs> the, the Mater D. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, could we get a table for four, please? Yes, right this way. Oh. <laughs> Quick service. Uh, seated right away. I mean, we are the the... Heroes of Operablum, right? We're we're the people responsible for all this fellowship. Of course we get preferential treatment. Scuff. Every <laughs> group is like this. <laughs> you know, guys, I I've really gotta say I, I wasn't sure how you'd all feel about seeing me again here on on the Odyssey. When, and after I got that invitation, I I really had to talk myself up a lot. Or well, Carcinican talked me up a lot to make sure that I actually came. It's true. He sat there crying for hours and hours, <laughs> just sitting like a little ball on top of his bed. <laughs> um, but aside from the crying, I did a lot of thinking, and 
It really feels right for me to be here with all of you. Glad to hear it. Yet he is great to have you back on the team. I've missed you. Thanks, Trev. And you too, Helix, as well. I I guess, like, want to make sure it's unanimous that we all feel, or that everyone feels all right with me being here. We all always knew you belonged here. I'm, I'm just glad you finally figured it out. Walt reaches out over the table and he touches Maeve's hand and then he realizes what he's doing and goes, Bleh! and then he knocks over a bunch of glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, so, sorry, uh, uh, sorry, uh, 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 Mater D, Mater D. I have to work on those reflexes and reaction times if you're going to be back on the crew, Walt. I'm <laughs> not going to have you dragging us down. No, I She got to playfully arm punches them. <laughs> uh, 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 and Walt is so rad. He's so, so rad. <laughs> What would make you less anxious is if you express what you feel, which is clearly uh, bothering you because the Trip, uh, nope, 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 nope. No, but I think if you really <laughs> look at trying to it's cover his surfa- mouth, but there's no mouth on this glass head. <laughs> it's a surface thought that's on your brain no, right I, now, I, presented I to you, and it's bothering. My I just wanted to let you know that I love being part of Gold Star Disaster, and and I'm, why are you grabbing I hope me? You all love it. Yeah, well, this- don't. Trev, it's I um Hey Trev, look, they got a whole robot section on the menu. The stuff that you can order. Ah, yes. There are many bits and bites. Oh, and they've got a little circuitry maze on it too. <laughs> <laughs> Made a D, where are the crayons? It's not crayons, it's like the it's a paintbrush like in, in MS paint. <laughs> Let me calibrate your cursor, sir. <laughs> All right, tell me about this beat. <laughs> <laughs> so this beat was Catharsis, the last beat in the angst track uh, on the Chill Play book, and that is um, uh, Spend for Style. Who helps you? What do you understand now that you didn't before? What will you change? Minus one doom, minus one fracture, and plus one legacy or trait. And I think, yeah, this is Walt realizing that he can be a slug blaster successfully. He can do it with the support of his friends. This is the best place for him to hone his skills, both as uh, a hoverboarder and a a Daibokin trainer. All right. So you get to get rid of a Doom. I think would-be Wick is the one to go. I think so, too. And then you get a legacy or a trait. Which one would you like to take? Yes, I will go with a trait, and I'll be marking off... Uh, the chill trait of Lucky. Once per run, dumb luck helps you. A tree falls on a monster, lasers miss as you tie your shoes, you unknowingly give someone a perfect gift, etc. And this, yeah, Walt getting his second chance, he truly is lucky. Aww. So after the meal, Helix makes his way over to the casino. Um, he, you know, he, he was eyeing up some of the more athletic features of the uh, Odyssey, but, uh, you know, he, he still has a, a an affinity for uh, doing things that are deliberately stupid and risky, and that's gambling uh, to a T, baby. Gambling, very stupid. <laughs> uh, so uh, he sits down at a table. I think it's like a weird operablin version of Blackjack. Let's call it Scrap Stack. Uh, uh, and he's he's just playing hands he he knows how to play uh he's looking super slick because again he's got his his uh vanta black uh jumpsuit his head shaved with the barcode Mm um uh, cut into the side of his head uh and yeah he's he's doing all right he's 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 up he's down but he's not like going bust and he's having a good time with it 
I think as he's playing against, uh, it's, it's just like him at the table alone and the dealer. Um, but eventually someone does come up and, and join on the next hand. Um, and Helix maybe don't recognize her at first because she, she isn't exactly how you remember her. But uh, that's only because she also has the shaved head with the, the barcode. Like she is also done up in Webb's finest. Mm. Um, this is Ginevra, the scientist that uh, oversees Helix at the Pinnacle Project. And she sits down and, and kind of motions for the dealer to, to deal her in on the next hand and goes, Helix, wasn't expecting to run into you here. Thought you'd have a full docket. Oh, uh, 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 Ginevra, hello. Uh, yeah, no, I, I finished my responsibilities to the Pinnacle Project early. Uh, thank you for that. Claw- crawling through the, the ducts was, uh, really did a number on my lungs. So I hope you get the data you need from that. Thanks. He says very pointedly, like real, like, mm-hmm. oh, we, we have plenty of data to work with, to be sure. And by the way, I haven't had a chance to talk to you since, uh, the, the prior mission we sent you on uh, down into the lower floors, I honestly just wanted an opportunity to commend you for your work alongside Sequence. Although, well, we all know how it ended. And frankly, you're the only one on that mission that deserves any commendation. Uh, but good job protecting and preserving Pinnacle Project property. Uh, I, I hear obviously very unfortunate what happened and 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 what was taken, but uh, at least one of our members managed to protect the company's property at all costs, and and I wanted to commend you for that. Uh, The dealer um, deals out the hands to uh, each of you, and then flips up a red card. (laughs) Uh, Ginevra raises an eyebrow uh, and plays her own red card. Uh, Helix uh, takes one of his face down cards and puts it to the discard pile and he says scrap (laughs) and then uh, a new card is put down and he flips it it is also a red card it's anyone's game (laughs) I guess to add two plus one plus one counters to his red card (laughs) Um, he bites his lip in frustration you're just as bad as Sequence's supervisor I, I, that guy's only concern was what had happened to the sample, what had happened to the the, the property. We're operable beings. We're we're creatures with with free will. We exist. We we have our our own lives and our own perceptions. I I don't care what the documents say. We are not buxing property. We are people. The dealer discards the top card of the deck flips up a blue card and turns it horizontally. <laughs> uh, single bead of sweat rolls down Ginevra's forehead. <laughs> you may be an operable being, but your DNA is Pinnacle Project property. And that should be everyone's priorities, not just Sequence's supervisor, not just mine, but but yours and Sequence's and, and everyone's. We are all working towards the same common goal. We are all we are all working for the betterment of Web Tower. I know that you and I have had our differences. We've had trouble seeing eye to eye in the past, but if if we are not all working in service of of Web, then we have a bigger problem than I realized. And she selects a card from her hand and lays it down. Uh, it's holographic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the dealer picks it up and places it vertically across the blue card and then looks over at Helix. <laughs> um, then I'm going to take this opportunity to inform you that I am not working for the betterment of Webb. I am working for the betterment of Operablum. Gold Star Disaster, our invitation here, that was the justification of why we were invited to this. Gold Star Disaster is making headway between towers. We are being celebrated for it. And take all the readings you want, subject me to whatever horrible variable tests you want me to undergo. The Pinnacle Project is not my priority. What you want from me, not my priority. And if you disregard my safety or disregard Sequence's safety again, there will be hell to pay. And obviously this is like pretty big talk for like a, a kid, a young yeah. man to his superior. Like this is, this is like a like a soldier mouthing off to a to a captain or a general. Yeah. Um. And he 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 knows it because he's 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 on the he's on this thing he, on this this cruise. He's feeling pretty popular, feeling pretty confident. He's got you know he just he just had a face to face with Jericho Zebulax. He's been helping out Jericho. He's got bigger fish to fry, and he's finally telling this to. Ginevra, and as he makes this very confident fuck you to her face, he slaps down another blue card on top of uh, the vertical one that the dealer played and goes stack. Uh, and as we all know, that's like a huge bet. That's like <laughs> Shit. that's like hitting on a 20. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no. The dealer starts to shuffle. I think, you know, as you said, it's it's like mouthing off your superior and you might expect her to to, you know, snap at you and try and get you back in line but she she leans into helix and sort of whispers and it's like helix you can't actually believe all of this right like it's it's all well and good to talk about intertower harmony we all pay it lip service but at the end of the day you know that the only way operablum survives is through web's initiatives web has the answers this the other towers are misguided they don't they're, they're focusing on the wrong areas you you don't actually believe that that the other towers hold any key to the way forward that Webb isn't already light years ahead of. Do you? I do believe it. I do believe that intertower cooperation is a priority, and I do believe that every tower has something to offer. And you know what gave me that perspective? Traveling to dimensions outside of Operablum, which also requires cooperation, which also requires new perspectives. The Arborists taught me that. Maeve from Lansden taught me that. Everything is better when people work together. Everyone has something to contribute. And your web jingoism is a slippery slope to isolationism and and foregoing opportunities. You you want to get a, a read on the world. You want to grow. You want to expand. You want to involve, which is Webb's whole philosophy. You do that by reaching out, not by looking within. Ah, uh, she... Pulls a single card from her hand, lays it down. Uh, it is a red card, and she turns it 45 degrees. <laughs> and then looks at the dealer expectantly for him to finish shuffling and flip the top card. The dealer finishes shuffling, flips it up. It is gold. And the dealer says, That's Scrapstack. This hand goes to the lady. Uh, Ginevra smirks and pulls over the stack of uh, 
they're like poker chips, but this marbles, this, little orbs, <laughs> tiny little orbs. Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing to carry around a casino. <laughs> Just a big yeah. tumbling Rolling. ball of orbs. <laughs> no, that is what it is, though. She yeah. scoops them all up into her little orb collector cup that you carry around the casino. Yep. Uh, and nods to the dealer, uh, uh, flicks a marble over to him, tips the dealer. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, gives Helix an icy stare and then turns and walks away from the table. Another hand, please. Tell me about this beat. Uh, yeah, this was final warning from the Family Beats track. An argument, punishment, or ultimatum. What do they want? What do you? What don't they understand? Uh, what don't you? Plus one doom. Uh, and yeah, usually I think that's contextualized as like, mom's giving you a final warning. Uh, but this is Helix kind of giving a final warning to the Pinnacle Project not to uh, mess with him. Uh, he's got bigger things to do than whatever the Pinnacle Project is after, and he will not be their sycophant and their guinea pig anymore. <laughs> and surely that will have no ramifications from the Pinnacle Project whatsoever. None at all. Helix, he's on top of the world. He <laughs> He's a, a hero of the realm. He's got friends at his back. Uh, I, 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 both Helix and Liam think nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> nothing could possibly go wrong. Real quick, Mark wouldn't do. Uh, let's call it, can we call it, uh, your- scrap stack. <laughs> no, scrap stack. Let's call it just scrap stack. Uh, also, if we were talking about jingoism in regards to towers, I think it should be Jenga-ism. <laughs> <laughs> hey! I mean, I've been waiting the rest of the scene to say that dumb bit here. <laughs> Going through some of the various hallways and thoroughfares that are, you know, splitting through this uh, large ship, uh, Wendy uh, Wick is walking around with Trev Four. They've been actually becoming pretty good friends uh, <laughs> since their like little altercation at the game. Uh, and what Trev is doing is uh, quickly scanning and reading people's faces and biometrics and everything, and is kind of telling Wendy what he is detecting very on the face uh, mm. and matter-of-factly and then Wendy is just taking that and just shouting what they should obviously do uh, with it. Uh, so he's not giving instructions. She's interpreting it as like these right. are instructions to everybody else and mm. so that you know they're uh, going along. It looks like that first date is not going very well. She does not like him at all. Dump him! Dump him! <laughs> that janitor it is his first day and he is trying to hu- uh, cover up his mistake you're gonna do fine just believe in yourself <laughs> um <laughs> you imagine being catcalled to believe in yourself <laughs> uh, <be> a better world <laughs> uh thank you for joining me on this walk this has been very lovely yeah, you're, you're cool. <laughs> you got over me kicking you in the face so fast. I appreciate it. Well, I've come to realize it was in the spirit of competition. Yeah, exactly. That's how I always explain it to Wanda, but she always takes so long to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I kick her in the face. <laughs> Who's playing Wendy here? <laughs> it also helps that I do not have sensation in my face. I do not feel pain. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. By the way, that man over there has just come to realize that he will die one day. We're all going to die. Get over it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and that's when uh, Trev uh, senses another kind of vibe coming from a person that's walking directly their way. And Trev looks ahead and I don't know what Trev sees. Mm, okay, uh, but it's a vibe off a person. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There, there is a like, as in there is a certain energy of directness. Everything is like very lighthearted generally around us. Yeah. But this one is like, oh, there is somebody in trouble. Trev, four. I was hoping I'd run into you. And it is Gigi flanked by two palbots with friendly-looking holographic faces. Ah, yes. Gigi, how may I help you today? I'd like you to take a walk with us, if you don't mind. Oh, yes. This sounds like a great idea. I do like walking. I like walking. Not you, sweetheart. (laughs) Well, then, Wendy, I thank you very much for joining me on this walk. I hope that we can do this again someday. I would not trust them. They're super sus. And Trev is just like running this like little bit of code and just like huh, and like reanalyzes Gigi a little bit more in depth uh, of like oh yeah I think I'm something's up. Yep, that is that is the vibe you get yeah, is uh, that something is up. As Trev walks with Gigi and these two palbots, uh, Trev is kind of trying to get a sense of what's going on, like looking for weapons, looking for signs of aggression. So Gigi, what? May I help you with, is is there something wrong? Why, yes, Trev, there does appear to be something wrong. I got a report that the observation tower of the Odyssey seems to be just a little bit faulty. And as she says this, one of the Palbots opens a door in the wall that perhaps you have seen, but to yeah. anyone else without an omniscience aperture mm-hmm. would just look like it was blending into the wall. And now you are walking down a very narrow, very bare hallway. There was a problem at the observation tower. Hmm, that sounds like that is a problem. Yes, it is a problem. I'm glad that we're on the same page here, Trev4. Because we both know that the problem is with you. And then the Palbots open another door to a what seems like an office. There's a chair and then a chair on the other side and a table. It's lit pretty starkly. And you believe that I have caused the problem at the observation tower? I do. Because you plugged into the observation tower, Trevfor. Speaking of, it's probably been a little while since you've charged up. And she gestures to a port in the wall. It has been a little bit of time, but we have almost returned home. I should be able to make it till then. Right. The thing that I'm worried about, Trev, for is that if you leave this ship, you might not get an update. I understand you've been a little bit behind. Uh, I have plugged in every night like I... Am supposed to. My, aren't you so good at telling just the right amount of truth? 
<laughs> I would never deceive you. Ooh, so close. Get it. And the two bots abruptly fold back over themselves and are now this sort of quadrupedal form. The holographic faces have disappeared and one of them lunges up and grabs your arms and pins them down to your sides. And the other one goes up to the back of your head and is opening the plate. And immediately, like, n normally Trev would not resist such a th uh, show of power, but, like, he actually starts reacting and, like, uh, you know, leaning forward away from them trying to grab and like he's got the heavy duty servos which are not normally in a Trev 4 unit and he's like actually giving them a run for the money uh, kind of thing and like uh, and trying to uh, wor you hear all this whirring and the heat uh, <laughs> and steam coming out full, and full drunk guy on cops just like <laughs> not <laughs> please, please do not please do not please do not now, Trev, if you had nothing to hide, why would you be resisting? Please do not remove the chip. I know I have an ice chip, but please do not remove it. It is important. Like I said, how will you get your updates? That ice chip can really corrupt your data, Trev 4. It can rewrite your code in ways that you may not expect, and... It could make you a real liability to Kindred Multiversal. You don't want to be a liability, now do you, Trev? I do not want to be a liability, but I do not want to lose my memory. And why not? I don't want to lose my friends. Trev 4, you're an empathy valet. Everyone is your friend. <laughs> and the Palbot reaches in, grabs the chip, and pulls. And there's like a momentary like reset that kind of happens. It's not like a full reset, but just like kind of a, a slight reboot in the system. Her message pops up that says that you need to eject the ice chip before removing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you pretty much just ignore those. Like it doesn't actually, but you know, the <laughs> pop up comes up anyway. Mm-hmm. Trev tries to like gets one of his arms loose maybe mm -hmm. and tries to turn around and like grab the chip back but just before they do uh, before he grabs it the the pal robot oh yeah closes crunch, his fist and Trev just turns around why do you not care Trev 4 we care so much and once upon a time, you did too. I want us all to care again about the success of Kindred. I care about the success of the people in Kindred. Then it sounds like we're on the same page. Can I go now? You may. And, you know, as they release him, Trev moves. And, like, he just kind of slowly walks out, seemingly, like, a little bit lost. Tell me about this beat. 
that was the last straw. Uh, where nuclear war scorched earth and words you both regret, uh, plus one slam and plus one doom. What's the crew think? <laughs> uh, the Q has a question. What, so what does this mean for Trev and like up vis-a-vis updates? So the ice chip <clears throat> prevented, uh, updates from coming in and, you know, uh, and resetting he re- him. Retains his memory, doesn't yeah. reset him. Yeah, so he hasn't lost his memories no. yet, but eventually he needs to charge. Yes, and when he does, that's those when, memories are gone. Yeah, so he has until his battery runs out to figure out fi- either finding another ice chip, which are would be impossible on this ship, and uh, or finding some other solution. Fucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Um, I don't know what the slam would be. Um, De-iced. And then... Or thawed. (laughs) (laughs) Improper ejection. (laughs) Uh, Actually, thawed should be the doomed. And uh, improper ejection should be the slam. (laughs) Very good. Hello there, Gold Star listeners. It's Milena, your Slugmaster Game Blaster. Thank you so much for listening to the multiversal odyssey run of Quantum Kickflip. If you've been enjoying Quantum Kickflip, please recommend it to a friend. Please leave a five-star review for us. It would mean so much this holiday season. You can also support us by following us at Quantum Kickflip on social media, where we post new episode updates, audiograms, and more. You can also support us by subscribing to Quantum Kickflip on Patreon. For just $2 a month, you can join the Shredder tier and get access to all new episodes of Quantum Kickflip two days early. And for just $5 a month, you can join the Ultranaut tier, which gets you early access plus exclusive bi-weekly bonus content, such as interviews, outtakes, and more. If you join our Patreon today, you can hear the player interview with Robin Slack, who plays Maybelline Zandross on the show. Anytime we're doing the game of like, oh, who's who's which playbook on the Ninja Turtles or the Seinfeld gang or like when you're, <laughs> right. when you're looking at a set of characters and be like, what playbooks would they fall into? It's usually very easy to find the heart, the smarts and the guts. And then the grit, I feel like, is is more malleable where like the grit can look like different things in different contexts. So it's mm. not always immediately evident who it is. And sometimes we even like we'll argue amongst ourselves because we have, I think, fundamentally different ideas of what the grit means. To listen to Robin's interview and all of the player interviews, head to patreon.com slash quantum kickflip and subscribe today. I'd like to thank our sponsors at the Alberta Media Arts Alliance Society, whose goal is to advocate, educate, and celebrate the media arts in Alberta. To learn more, go to amaas.ca. We will be taking a short break from our release schedule over the holidays, so you can expect the next episode of Quantum Kickflip to drop on Wednesday, January 10th, 2024, where we will begin a brand new run. Let's get you back to the action! (laughs) 
we catch up with Maeve and Walt, uh, not actually in the Multiversal Odyssey, but on the Multiversal Odyssey. They are uh, on a deck towards uh, the back of the ship, to the, to the aft, to the stern. Um, and uh, I don't think... To the butt? <laughs> yes. the, the butt of the boat? To the butt of the boat, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think this is an area that is like accessible. I don't think the Multiversal Odyssey actually has like a deck area because the whole idea is like, we're bringing you all the delights of the multiverse. Why would you want to see boring old Operablum, right? So there's not really like a, a, an area like this. Uh, but Maeve and Walt have uh, snuck out here, uh, maybe through some like service hallways, similar to the one that Trev Four was led through. Uh, and they're just kind of leaning against a railing and looking out. And like, as much as there's not a lot of uh, sights to see in Operablum, it's all toxic smog all the way down. Uh, there is kind of a like the the you know retro rockets or whatever's coming out of the back of the ship leaves kind of a like glowing blue comet tail sort of effect, uh, and the toxic fog is sort of parted by the ship and swirls in to take the the place of uh, behind it as the ship moves forward. And so there's this sort of like churning, glowing mystical trail behind that they're just kind of looking out at, and it's it's in its own way kind of pretty. Uh, and Maeve turns to Walt and is like. I still can't believe we made it all the way up and back down in three minutes. I, 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 honestly, I can't believe neither of us thought to set a timer. We were flying completely blind there. Yeah, as soon as Wilkie started counting down, I, I, I didn't know what to think. We were just going. <laughs> I was on pure instinct. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that instinct uh, gets us to some 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 fun places, like like out here. I never would have thought to try going through any of those unlocked maintenance corridors. I, yeah, come on, you you know better than that. The first place you got ahead is the place they tell you not to go. <laughs> it's the whole slug blaster ethos, right? That's like our mantra. Keep out signs, you're welcome, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> this is sort of like the the like every conversation finds a, a beat of silence after seven minutes or something. Yeah. I don't I don't remember what the actual numbers are, but there's like <laughs> this is this is that moment and it feels like an eternity to Walt. Yeah, Maeve it's is maybe just, been a couple seconds. <laughs> Maeve is just staring out at this uh, sort of comet tail trail that the ship is leaving and just kind of having a moment of tranquility. And she has not registered the time that's passing. But for Walt, it's agony. <laughs> it's <laughs> eons. And Walt can't sit in the silence. He, uh, um, so uh, you, being out here, uh, you, you, you know, you get, get a view of, of, of uh, operating like this every um every 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 shift. Um, do you, unless you. Do you, I guess maybe Lansden's different. Maybe, maybe if you're, did you see this a lot with, I, I don't see these, um, us, uh, 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 we, we, up, maybe kind of like, have you ever, um, uh, what are you, uh, I, I mean, you've been to the don't, temple, don't, you know what view I have. You, 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 and I, have, Trev. I have been to the, I have been to the temple. I was, I was there and, um, almost got jumped by some, some guys and then we, we, we had to like, rough them up and, and uh, <laughs> I, I, if you ever got in a fist you have a lot of fists for f- fisticuffs um i'm sure you you punch me all the time I, i'm sure you're uh, good at b- punching um uh, 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 um, uh, uh oh uh, hey um, you mentioned earlier that you and the wicks did the drop right completely oblivious to all of the stairs <laughs> has been staring at having a nice moment oh yes yeah we, we were talking about that before we uh we got to uh swim hub gamma right well, were you guys rolling on it or what? I, I got to see. You, I mean, you, you described how you and, and Carcinican managed to get back up. But but I got to I still don't buy nine. Nine feels like on your first try nine. No, <laughs> no way. 
No, I need I, I need to see the photographic evidence for that. I'm telling you, we did it, but um, I don't know if I was rolling, but oh, I think I know someone who was de- had definitely had their eye on me for that. Uh, and Walt oh, uh, pulls out his phone and he goes into uh, Nexokin uh, and he looks up the profile for Osophia. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and he's just like um scrolling through she has she posts so many selfies so you know many. she's she's all about that sorry i know i'm sure she would have been filming this um ah here i think this is it and Maeve uh watches this clip of of walt going over the edge and the the crowd counting and um i think like the the camera like loses you in the draw like it just the perspective you can't see you go to the bottom so she she feels that like you know they get to nine and everyone doesn't know what to say because they hit nine and you're not back and then suddenly you come rocketing up over the edge and everyone loses it and she's like oh <laughs> well jarf me you did it <laughs> i can't i can't like wow i I stand corrected. Uh, great, great job, Walt. Uh, and back of Walt's mind, she wants me to jar her. <laughs> <laughs> and before either of them can say anything else, the the video ends and it clicks over to the next video in the feed. Like it just auto plays the next video on Osophia's account, uh, which is from later that night when the sword sliders showed up. Um, and just, it's, you know, it's chaos. The camera's whipping around and, you know, there's sword sliders and there's people running. Um, but there's a moment where the camera settles on, uh, Walt and his cousins and Clem running away from the sword sliders and just something about the body language between them. Maybe there's a moment where, um, you and Clem were holding hands, pulling each other forward, and, and you know, as you're going for the drop, you're you're holding hands right before you take that leap of faith. Uh, and something in the pit of Maeve's stomach just drops seeing this. Uh, and before she can react or think about what she's doing, uh, she leans in and kisses Walt. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then pulls back and is like, um... I didn't, uh, the back of Walt's mind. She jarfed me. Maeve, I... I didn't, um... I, I, sorry. Walt kisses her back. <gasps> uh, Maeve, I think, just stands there looking dumbstruck. It's <laughs> like... Um, sorry, that maybe was too forward. I, no, I, I, I mean, I was the one who <laughs> then spar. We just, do things differently. I, I don't know if there's I a, did something about seeing you with. I, uh, I didn't um, mean to. Do, um, does the arbor, do the arbors need to know? Do I do I have to talk to Tarman about this? <laughs> do I, um, what do we do now? Um, I think the conversation finds its second long, awkward silence as they just both sit there trying to process what just happened. At least for the rest of the cruise, let's just not think about it. And Walt places his hand on hers on top of the railing. Does she put her other hand on top? (laughs) Hand sandwich! (laughs) Places her other hand on top and they... The conversation settles into a much more comfortable silence as they stand there and, and watch the 
the rocket trail fading off into the distance. Tell me about this beat. Uh, yeah, this was Perseverance, the end of the grit beats, uh, the, my uh, track that I've been working on the entire show. Uh, you get back up and keep at it. You always do. Who believed in you? Minus one doom, minus one fracture, plus two legacy, and plus one trait. Uh, yeah, this this whole arc has been about completing a goal, and the goal that Maeve set was winning Walt's heart, and uh, wouldn't you know it, <laughs> <laughs> she has, at least in this moment, uh, achieved everything she set out to. I will get rid of my doom holding on and letting go. Um, did it say plus two legacy? Good God. <laughs> yeah. What do I call those? <laughs> Hand sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, get to, we get to the end of the show and they're like, wait, do you mean ham sandwich? No, no. it was a hand sandwich. Uh, my vote is for hand sandwich for one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got to come up with two. So sure, one of them is hand sandwich. Like if that's sort of referring to what's happening here in this moment. Yeah. What is the flip side of that of like what has Maeve gained through this track? That is like focused solely on her. Like, what what aspect of her grit has come through in this? Like a little bit of that perseverance uh, and like stubbornness, but also I think a little bit of like she finally made a move. <laughs> um, Making a move. Yeah, and finally I do get a trait from this, so I'm going to take my final trait that I didn't have yet, which is diligent. You can re-roll in the lab. Also clear plus one trouble when being good once per downtime. So we have a few housekeeping beats to do in our downtime. We got some in the labs we want to do. We got some being goods that we want to do. Who would like to go first? I can hop on that. Uh, with Walt, I do want to do uh, being good scene. Being good, spend one style uh, to clear two trouble. Uh, chores, homework, Bible study, showing picture shift on time. You know, actually trying. And I think this comes in the form uh, for Walt on, on the Odyssey here of actually just spending time with his cousins. Like going, going to see the, the wicks somewhere on the ship and all of them doing some sort of activity together as a family. And maybe they get a little photo op moment, but like all, all of the possible strife that's come up before around the notion of joining the crew or not, none of that's there anymore. It's just them as family supporting each other and having a good time. I like that a lot. And I think this might be the first time in a long time for Walt that you have interacted with the wicks and they haven't been on. Mm. Um, so much of the time that you have spent with them, they have been wanting to get those photo ops. They're kind of always trying to sneak in doing a trick or taking you to a party. And this time around, for the first time in a very long time, maybe since before they got really big as a slug blasting crew, you feel like you're not hanging out with legendary slug blasting crew, the Wicks. You're hanging out with your cousins. Mm-hmm. Oh, Walt finally finds the Daibokin pool. Of course. <laughs> of course he does. And the Wicks yeah. are like, you know what? Yes, I could go for a swim. This sounds like fun. Is that a water slide? Cool. Every pool has at least three water slides. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and clear one style and two trouble. Nice. Uh, I would like to uh, roll some in the labs. I think maybe, you know, after their 
uh, little rendezvous on the stern deck of the multiversal odyssey as they were sneaking back in you know walt went off to go spend some quality time with his cousins uh mave turned right back around and went back into that utility hallway where they snuck out because while they were walking by <laughs> she clocked a few stray components around like the kind of thing that would just be used in day-to-day ship maintenance of like oh there's mm-hmm. some coils and some discs in case we need to repair the thing um and you know she didn't want to ruin the nice moment with walt by like uh just committing petty theft um <laughs> but now walt's gone she's gonna d- d- uh, retrace her steps and go snag some components nice all right uh let's get some rolls all right what did we roll uh we rolled uh i got a coil and a disc um i already had one coil um but i doesn't hurt to have some extras but the disc was the one i really needed because that has given me the ability to unlock uh my kit bashed by a mod from another device um and the specific mod i'm looking for is the voidware backpacks astral intake mark one turbo and roll to pull a unique specialized or implausible item from the multiverse like antitoxin and alien life form or almost the exact key card you need um, so I'm, I'm picturing this is like Maeve doesn't have the voidware backpack as a device, but she has like a voidware pocket. <laughs> She's <laughs> installed one pocket of her jacket that she can reach into and randomly pull something out of the multiverse that is hopefully useful. It's like the idea that like, if they ever need anything, Maeve's like, hang on, I might, in one of my pockets somewhere, I might have that. <laughs> I, I think inside pocket is inside very pocket like, is oh, fun. inside pocket, yeah. classic pull a, pull a gun out of a trench coat kind of yeah. thing. But <laughs> very good. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to spend one coil and one disc to unlock my voidware pocket. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Uh, and since that leaves me with one style left, I'm just going to burn that to uh, get rid of some of my trouble. I'm going to do a being good as well. I think, you know, this this petty theft doesn't take that much time. Uh, so Maeve now, <laughs> left to her own devices, goes and just puts in some FaceTime with the Arborist. She goes and reports back to Tarment and, and uh, uh, hangs out with them and sort of uh, just like puts in an appearance there and... and uh, hobnobs with the other arborists from the other uh, temples and whatnot. Ah, Maybelline, we were about to go to Shuffleboard. (laughs) (laughs) Also, because of my new ability, Diligent, not only did I get to re-roll in the labs, but I also get to clear plus one trouble when being good, so I'm going to clear three trouble. Ooh, I think that leaves you with two left. That is correct. That's not too bad going into the next run. Helix uh, continued to play uh, Scrap Stack uh, after Ginevra left, and even though the hand she played beat him, he he did end up quite quite ahead. Uh, and he's gonna take his newfound uh winnings uh over to the duty free shop, mm. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to to purchase some coils at a incredible duty free multiversal discount price. Uh, so this is gonna be a whole lot of in the lab. I got a lot of style to burn and not a lot of components. So here we go. So after all of those rolls, uh, five styles in total, uh, I am going to end up with two gems, one coil, one lens, because I turned three of the lenses uh, into a disc. And so with all of those things that Helix collected, I am going to use the two gems for a power cell, getting a turbo to gain kick, and a coil and a disc to get the stabilizer, uh, getting a uh, boost. So I'm just, I'm I'm got three... For each in my turbo, he is ready to go. He is loaded up on extra dice and kick. 
Uh, as Helix comes out of the duty-free shop with all of his new components and, and the, the things he was able to modify on his hard light board uh, because of them, he bumps into Trev, and, and Trev, you, uh, Trev, you look rather in distress. Hang on, pal, turn around. Your entire back compartment is open. You're, you're, you're flying loose back here. It's, you know, XYZ, examine your back panel. <laughs> I must apologize. I was in a bit of distress. I am sorry. And Trev, like, reaches behind himself and, like, closes it back up. Helix, I need your help. Of course. And uh, Trev, like, looks around, uh, scanning, scanning, scanning. I think we're in the clear. A member of the board of Kindred has uh, discovered my ice chip and has removed it and unfortunately that means the next time i plug in i will be updated and my memory will be completely wiped yeah no we we certainly don't want that to happen um how much and how much juice do you have left i have enough to last for a few hours but i need a, a a solution right away unfortunately i do not believe that there would be any ice chips here on this ship the only other way is also frowned upon in a legal sense, because you will go to jail if you do it, and that is if my system is jailbroken, I will be disconnected from Kindred, and when I plug in to power on, I would be treated the same as a vacuum cleaner, just mm. an ordinary device charging up. Helix thinks for a moment he he's uh, more of a biologist than a computer engineer technician robot engineer um but he's trying to think of who can help him he goes well uh uh trev i i don't know much about kindred technology uh but i do think i know someone who might be able to manipulate uh, uh and operate outside of the bounds of legality uh in fact i was going to go and uh, uh interact with this individual as well kind of might, might might be inclined to say owes us a favor on account of the thin zones we helped him discover. Oh, you're speaking about Jericho. Yeah, I was going to go see if I could ask him uh, for uh, some assistance as well. I I, I, I mean, maybe, maybe asking two favors uh, might diminish my chances of getting my favor, but, you know, Gold Star Disaster, thick and thin, we're in this together. Why don't, why don't you come with me and, and we can ask him for help as well? I do not have very many options. I will take that gamble. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go see if Jericho Zebulax can can help us both out with what we need. The two of you set off to find Jericho Zebulak, and you find him. He is in a lounge area. Um, there are overhead lamps, not chandeliers, uh, with like green shades on them. There's like a mahogany bar that takes up a ho the whole side of the room. There's like booths that are sort of partitioned off with heavy curtains, lots of billiard tables everywhere. And that's where you find him. He is shooting pool with some buds. And he turns and he says, Ah, you two. Uh, Trev Four, so good to see you. I assume you have what I... The thing I was asking you about. Indeed, I do. And I am hoping that because I have gotten this for you, that you'd be able to help me. Oh? Yes. And we, we hand him over, like, digitally, you know, cloud share the files of, of 
there would be no cloud sharing. Yeah, not with Trev. Not with Trev. So I have to like plug in and like into the little floppy disk. Yeah. Hold hold on. This is going to take a while. One at a time. It's like thirty six. All right. Here we go. <laughs> and like at, you're like telling him your plight as he like collects these discs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there any possible way for me to avoid updates? Do do you know enough about the kindred systems uh, to perhaps break my programming? Kindred systems they change all the time, which makes it a little bit complicated, but they never dig too deep. We got a solution for you, and it's super easy. Oh, well, that sounds very positive. Yeah, we're just gonna um, gonna break down those petitions in your in your memory drives, open everything up. You'll have access to absolutely everything you could possibly need. And uh, the thing about your model and stuff, you got to charge up. Those charges naturally come with those updates, right? They're intertwined, one one and the other. Like, and he's like crossing his fingers yeah. and waving them in front of you. But if you simply upload your memory. Before you plug in, easy as that. And he reaches in and he pulls out uh, what looks like just like a smooth chrome kind of brick with rounded edges. And he's like, web technology, they can't get past this. And, uh, you know, Trev looks at it, scans it all over, sees that there's like enough of a port like... It's a lesser used port on him, but uh, it is meant to interact with web technology. So he'd be able to plug it in, upload his all of his memories for the day kind of a thing. And and think like an external drive like we would know them. Yeah. Like everything gets copied over to yeah. the drive and then you have that copy. And then I, that way it can be wiped at the end of the day and it doesn't even matter kind of a thing. Exactly. He just needs a, a, a memento tattoo that says connect to this drive each morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this is a, a fantastic solution. Thank you very much, Jericho. Hey, you're very welcome. And uh, we seem to be really good at doing favors for each other. I, I hope we keep in touch. Indeed. You have been helpful to me and I would also like to help you. He, he snaps his fingers, and one of the people that he was playing with uh, comes around the table, like, casually chalking the, the tip of his pool cue. And Jericho says, uh, Do you think you can help uh, jog my friend's memory? And he nods and passes off the cue to someone else and turns to you. Yes, if you can help me with this, that'd be very much appreciated. And as they're doing that, like, in they plug it into my by back or whatever uh, and they're starting to go through like Trev is still kind of awake if you will as he's doing this and like it's going through and taking out uh, so much of the programming put there by Kindred that's supposed to restrain and uh, specifically respect Kindred higher ups and all that kind of, like he is as clean as you could possibly uh, be mm-hmm. and he's also getting these uh as the partitions are coming down, he realizes that he's has access to all these files. It's not like he's just being flooded with memories all of a sudden, but he knows he can, if he thinks about something, he can like reach into these memories and pull that stuff out. 
Mm -hmm. The typical kindred robot only uses 10% of their GPU. (laughs) (laughs) But with this upgrade, you'll be able to use 100%. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Trev, as these partitions come down and these files become accessible to you, you remember everything now. You have access to everything. And we're going to check in in a little bit regarding some of the things that you have access to. But while this person is helping you with your new technology, Jericho turns to Helix and says, I assume you uh, helped Trev4 get access to those codes. Yes, it was a a team effort. Uh, Gold Star Disaster doing their their fine work for the good of of Operablem, but also Web Tower. Uh, And he sort of runs his hand over his shaved head, um, and is really trying to put on his best web boy vibes, even though he did tell Ginevra just hours ago, like, go bucks yourself. I'm, <laughs> I'm all in on Operablem. Uh, he does know who he's talking to. Jericho Zebulak, mm-hmm. one of the highest uh, ranking members of Web Tower. It is really a hierarchy. Uh, and he's, he's hoping to uh, uh, keep his new position uh, up the ladder. He looks you up and down and says, Pinnacle, right? Uh, yes, I've, I'm a born and born and bred Pinnacle member, but I I like to think of myself as a, a, a Webb's favorite son. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, and he, he tries to put on a bit of a confident face, like when you anytime I, like a young person is sort of being mm-hmm. doing their first like grown up thing, he's really trying to 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 act mature and and like he's supposed to be talking to you know, a wildly wealthy, powerful man. <laughs> um, uh, but like at, almost as peers, he goes, you know, the, this uh, slug blasting thing has gotten us a lot of notoriety. I, I really do feel like I am now representing web in, in a way that's uh, beneficial to, to the, to the tower overall. And also with slug blasting, you know, we're coming and going from different dimensions through the thin zones, the very thin zones. We, helped you discover uh, and and passed on to you just now through all of those discs. Sorry, it's they're all in discs. I, kindred. Kindred, man. I what tell the you. Vox? Ugh, um But you know, I could I could get and he's trying to play it like this is just this idea just came to him, but he's been thinking about it for hours. <laughs> you know, I, I could get more thin zone data from even within Operablem, within Web Tower. Uh I just only have the clearance associated with a variable of the pinnacle project um, mr zebulak i was just hoping you you could uh, uh f- find it in your infinite wisdom and uh immense power to uh perhaps give me access to more areas throughout web tower uh not just floors but perhaps restricted areas just a bit of a like a a a hall pass if you will so i can find more thin zones of course uh jericho has been uh uh just standing uh at this point everyone else around the table is also standing because it's his turn it's Mm -hmm. been his turn for a little bit and he takes a drag on his cigar and then clamps it between his teeth and starts to line up his shot. If they're death sticks cigarettes, can these be death logs? Death logs, I love it. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, And he says, I think that's something that we can maybe arrange for you 
for Webb's favorite son. Incredible. But, uh, of course, in order to do that, uh, we're gonna need something that, uh, actually we've been meaning to get our hands on for quite some time. I'm more than willing to share whatever fin zones I discover throughout the tower. Well, but the thing is, in order for you to access those higher floors of Web Tower, we're not kindred. You know this. Mm-hmm. It's not so flimsy, our technology. Of course. To get up there, you're going to need to log your biometrics. I'm sorry, what, what do you mean by log my biometrics? Aren't they logged every time I move through the towers? Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, they're, they're, they're logged with, with the tower. But for the very specific and special kind of access that I am granting to you, I also need very specific and special access. Helix nods like he understands, uh, but he does not. So he's going to (laughs) listen. He's projecting confidence, but he's going to continue to listen to specifically what uh, Jericho wants of him. What do you say you and I uh, take a walk? Cruise ship like this has got to have a pretty decent infirmary. We're going to need some stuff, Helix. Oh, and then it hits Helix, and uh, I, I think it's hitting Liam. Jericho wants my DNA? Mm-hmm. Oh, he can have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he, he, like, Helix's face lights up. He's like, that's what he had to do? He thought he was going to have to maybe, like, you know, steal something. or Oh, he he's like, this is my body. This is my DNA, and it is... For web, for operablum. Uh, uh, of course. He takes his shot, hits the ball, it connects with another ball and effortlessly sinks it into a corner pocket. He, he kind of turns his back from the others so that you're the only one who kind of has a read of his face at this point. And he says, huh, to think, bribery, coercion, And after all that, all I had to do was ask nicely. Asking nicely seems to be getting everyone what they want. And I think maybe both him and Jericho, like, tent their fingers. (laughs) Menacingly, like, I got what I want. Because, of course, uh, for our listeners, um, the reason Helix is asking for all of this extra clearance, extra access, isn't to go find new slug-blasting thin zones. It's not even to kiss Jericho's ass. Uh, after that conversation with Ginevra, he is red hot. Like, fucks the Pinnacle Project. He does not like how he is being treated like some sort of commodity, to the point where he's even willing to be a commodity to someone else. Uh, <laughs> he just wants to un- he wants to get his fingers deep into the Pinnacle Project. He wants access so that he can find where they're stashing the control group. Mm. And so if he's got access to other floors, if he's got access to back rooms and and utility hallways and slime ducts and what have you, he wants to go and find the control group. And now he's got Jericho's blessing to pretty much go where he pleases. And if all Jericho wants is the one thing Ginevra told him not to give up, Frank, frankly, both Liam and Helix are quite surprised that Jericho doesn't have access to this, <laughs> given his position. And knowing that, like... Oh wow, the Pinnacle Project even was like withholding this from web higher ups. Like it's that precious. He oh my god, he's like <laughs> he's 
if he didn't shave his head, he'd pull his hair out and give him a follicle sample right now. Um, <laughs> he can't, yeah. And they, they both, like, turn away from each other and, like, <laughs> we've got what we wanted. And, yeah, I think Helix is, like, surprised at how easy it is that all Jericho wants is his DNA. And perhaps in this moment he is surprised that Jericho didn't have it sooner. And maybe this will come back to Helix a little bit later as he thinks over what Jericho said about bribery and coercion and he thinks back to the time when you were going through Web Tower to get to Wilkie's lab, Mm -hmm. making your way through the storage units and the black markets, and a masked man turns and says, who's getting the thumb? And Brinley takes it. And then you think back to the time that you descended deeper and deeper into the fog and were accosted by people in Hasware, trying to stick a needle into you, but sequence dove in the way. And as you're making your way out, Jericho says, You should be careful there, son. Bad things happen to favorites and heroes around here. Uh, And maybe as, like, the gravity of the situation is sinking in, they're they're already in the infirmary and he's already yeah, yeah, given yeah, it yeah. up like he's already maybe you know <laughs> what he's he's uh, uh unzipped part of his jumpsuit and exposed his little bottom uh, <laughs> and uh some sort of <laughs> uh, uh, a a nurse that was just there to normally treat seasickness and all the other disgusting diseases you get on a cruise ship um it's like i look i'm i'm two hours from the closing ceremony and I get to go home. Sure, I'll take a sample out of this guy's ass. Whatever you do want to... Whatever you two floats your boat. Uh, Sorry, you needed an ass graft from this kid? Uh, Is it like a smash cut in the camera of our imagination to Jericho hitting a pool cue and then a needle going into Helix's butt? Yes! (laughs) Yep, yep. Damn, that is exactly what it is. As it's being drawn out, he thinks about like, oh, the thumb, oh, the the, the sequence thing. Uh, Oh, too late now. Yep. And also, Vox Ginevra. Also, Vox Ginevra. (laughs) Tell me about these beats. So mine was coming of age. You're more sure of yourself than you've ever been. What's changed? How new is the new you? Minus two doom, plus one legacy or trait. And then, yeah, this is his confidence he's got from being kind of this this uh, gold star disaster celebrity. He's he's talking to Jericho Zebulax. Uh, he's he's got one over on Ginevra. He thinks, uh, and specifically in terms of a new you, he wants to go and find his identical twin brother, a literal new you. Uh, so he he thinks it's all coming up Helix, and that's the end of the identity beat. He knows who he is. He's hmm. Webb's favorite son. With a, a a brother in distress. Uh, what are the two doom that you are going to clear? Uh, I'm going to clear control group and no time. And are you taking a legacy or a trait? I'm going to take a trait. And that trait is actually reads the manual. Because, you know, he's Webb's favorite son. He reads the manual. He's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. He's, he knows everything about everything. Uh, like every 21-year-old boy in the world, he knows everything <laughs> about everything. Uh, you can break down mods into components and install new mods on the fly. It takes either an action roll uh, or just a few minutes. So. Nice. And that's also, Liam's pretty satisfied with that um, because I didn't get to kit bash when I did in the lab, so I'll, I'll brute force it. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. All right, Trev, tell me about your beats. Uh, I think it's also encapsulated by like one final one where Trev is 
you know, he's been set up to be able to interact with this drive. Uh, and so as he's uploading the information to the drive, it is processing all the files in him. And he's seen all of these things flash by, but he's able to kind of get a sense of it. And he's seen all these moments of where he's enacted violence on behalf of Kindred, on behalf of uh, Shimmer, and all of these things where... He, and all the lies that he's been told and programmed to believe and to, to think and, uh, uh, and, and it's just f- flooding by him and it is hard for him to grapple with what is he and wh- what's his place is there even if he's not an empathy robot if he is supposed to be like this uh, violent machine is there even any good use for him? And he's having that uh, trouble uh, because I actually did two beats. One is, this isn't you. Uh, you're trying to be someone you're not. Who even are you? Uh, what does the crew think? Uh, plus one doom and plus one slam. So this whole crisis as he's being like his whole history and personality and life is like being laid out before him. The other beat I am doing is sharpened, which is for four style. I'm going to use one from the crew uh, to do this and then three for myself. Uh, A a teammate inspires you or shows you something about yourself. I'm kind of a little bit uh, going with, um, uh, you know, Helix showing me, helping me out with this and getting me jailbroken, giving me that access and it's kind of playing out with me getting the new ability middle finger, which is once per run, automatically get a six on any action, no roll required, add up to two kick, baby, nothing can stand in your way. And the way I'm justifying it is because the programming has been wiped out and like he's mm-hmm. got access to more of his RAM and uh, all this kind of thing, and it's all his decision, uh, every once in a while he can really apply it against a p- problem. He's got, like, true robot free will now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. All the memories, no limitations. Oh. Uh, now well, we and, have to- and also, Helix has been walking around with a bit of a middle finger attitude, yeah. and you've just copied what you saw. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, we have to figure out the doom and the slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means I'm going to go into the next run with- Full slam full boxes. Full slams boxes. Oh, oh no. aye, aye, aye. At least but you no got tr- no trouble in yeah, the no bank. Trouble. No trouble. Uh, no trouble. for days. I was thinking the slam would be uh, bombarded. Ooh, uh, I like that. Uh, so he's going to get used to seeing all of these things because he has to reload it, upload yeah. it, and download it every day. He's going to be facing these. So, But unfortunately, at first, it's like jarring, and I think that that's what's going to be bothering him. Uh, and so I think his uh, doom... Uh, uh, can I pitch system update? Sure. So that has me at five doom, which is... Quite a bit. That's a lot of them. And I will give you one more thing, Trev Four. (gasps) Uh, You get all of the last bits of information that you were missing. You remember the confrontation with Stanch. Not just having relived it, you remember it. You remember that you are going to make it right. You remember your disdain for Shimmer, for all of the things that you did for them, for Gabor, for Shamb, 
for Jericho. And all of the assets that you got for them, all of the money you got for them, and they promised you it was for something so important. But what's a promise when that account just got bigger and bigger and nothing ever happened? So after leaving Stanch's apartment, you went and you emptied out that account. You took down people on the way, trashing their weaponry, their reality cannons. You took that money out. You liquidated it to basically a form of cash, something not often seen in Operablum. And what you did with that money, some of it you sent to Stanch. A clandestine delivery. And you knew it would be enough to help cover his expenses and give him just a little bit of security, comfort, relief. The rest of that money you gave to Kindred Children's Hospital so that maybe fewer people would have to go through what Stanch went through. And after all of this, you went to a secluded hallway in Kindred. You pull a panel out of the wall. You see the hover stabilizers in that pile that you used for Faye when you taught them how to hoverboard. You take out your ice chip and you put it in the pile and you replace the panel. You know that Shimmer is coming for you. You know that they're going to track it to you. And there is no way that you could possibly risk Stanch in this. So you give up your ice chip and you go to the bot shop to get an update. And with that, we go to our final scene of this episode. The closing ceremonies commence. Everyone is gathered in the gala hall. That same guide robot that was the MC for the opening ceremonies is up on the stage in front of the podium. And they address the crowd. Esteemed guests, I would like to make a very special announcement. For many cycles now, the three towers of Operablum have endeavored to set aside their differences and work together for the good of all that live within our great towers. More unites us than divides us, and our combined power and perseverance is so much greater than the sum of its parts. That fellowship is in no small part to the efforts of Gold Star Disaster, who even on this expedition have gone above and beyond to strengthen our already excellent relationships. There's a break of applause at this. To that end, Kindred Multiversal, Lansden Enterprise, and Web Corporation have signed an agreement to approve an unprecedented and monumental improvement to our towers. If I may direct your attention to the center of the room. A 3D projection appears in front of the robot, rotating above your heads. At first, you're reminded of Trinity Municipark, as what you see before you is a structure filling the space between the three towers. It's enclosed, bigger, 
and much more elaborate than Trinity, with walkways, seating, fountains, shops, and even a small amphitheater. This marks a turning point in the development of our towers. From this day forward, we shall start to move away from Lansden, Kindred, and Webb, and move toward a new era of unity for all of Operablem. Construction for this project will begin immediately. You are the first witnesses to this new chapter. The projection zooms out until the towers look like long supports holding up this structure. As the robot speaks, a projection of what could be begins to unfold. A single tower, building higher and higher from this point. All of you remember conversations that you have had with various people aboard the Multiversal Odyssey. The fact that all three towers were going to go in on a big project before. But at the very last minute, each tower had thought the other two towers had pulled their funding. But Trev4, with your new memory, you know just a little bit more. You realize where this funding would have come from. The shimmer funds that you drained to give to Stanch and Kindred Children's Hospital. And you all remember the tension afterwards when the towers were isolating from each other and cutting off communication from each other and fighting with each other. And you all realize why. One of you a little more than the others. The projection zooms back into the key structure, and its name writes itself in the air as the robot continues. Esteemed guests, I present to you the Triskelion Base. <laughs>